Man of the Year, Man of the Year, Man of the Year. Welcome to the number one friendship podcast in the country. I'm Matt Ritter. I'm Aaron Cairo. Guys, go to manoftheyearpodcast.com and buy our merch. Also, check out our YouTube page to see our beautiful faces. Beautiful faces. Beautiful. Cairo, Theo said that he was feeling like he there wasn't enough belonging in the workplace. He was giving us guff. Like, <laughs> Theo, our producer. Yeah, our producer. Yeah, he was like, we don't do enough workplace, uh, you know, community stuff together. Yeah, I don't think Theo. No even, happy hours. He said, where's the happy hour? <laughs> he would never show up for the happy hours. You would never show up. It would be me and Theo. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. I'd be like, nah. Is this really a workplace? Sort of. Well, legally, which would legally, what do we want like, it to be? Yeah, we don't want it to be. I mean, legally, this is your back house. We want house. it to be under the table, freelance, yeah. independent. Yeah, yeah. Fully independent. Uh, the reason I bring that up is because we have a lot of listeners who work in offices, and I feel like that has always been traditionally a place to meet people and foster relationships. And post-COVID, now people are working from home. There's just not a lot of that. So we wanted to talk about that. And so that's why we have our guest on that we just did a great interview with. His name is Adam Smiley Poswalski. Great nickname. He is a workplace belonging expert and keynote speaker, uh, a millennial workplace expert, and is the author of The Quarter Life Breakthrough and The Breakthrough Speaker. And he really was enlightening about this issue because neither of us have had a job in the workplace for at least a decade. So it's been a decade since I got canned and maybe 20 since Cairo got canned. August 1st, 2002. Oh, yeah. Uh, first of all, I love how you said we have a lot of listeners who work in offices, like the most vague. We have a lot of listeners who wear pants, so we're going to talk about this. No, next. I, 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 you're right. That was bad. That was lame. <laughs> I, what I meant to say is we get a lot of questions about workplace right. stuff. Right. And I was like, well, I haven't been in a workplace in some odd years. Could you think you could ever go back to an office? Yeah, I, mean, I may be going back on this new job anyway. It's not really an office. Because right, you mean we're creatives. Writing isn't really like a real, real office I mean, shop. there's not really bosses and like hours. <sighs> yeah. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Really. I don't think yeah. I can go to a hard office set. Hard office. I like that. I think I do soft office. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what if? Soft office. Not, not what if. When we, we continue building this company. Yeah. It's eventually going to be a media company. We're going to have an office. We'll have, we'll almost have, what do they call it? A clubhouse. Clubhouse. Should we have like beanbag chairs? I like chairs with backs though. <laughs> I like formal chairs. I'm more thinking like a beer pong table, okay. like a bar. Yeah. That's not going to foster a lot of uh, any issues with HR at all, huh? Yeah. Yeah. This, well, Theo will be head, head of HR. This guy, he's like, Kairos is just like literally... Talking about opening up a bar stool. <laughs> no, I, I mean a bar where we have an office in the No, back. I meant like the company. No, I knew yeah, that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so anyway, I, I just think we should get into the interview. Yeah. Uh, it was really cool. And let's hear what he has to say about the workplace. Let's hear from Smiley. Smiley, how are you, man? I'm well, I'm well. It's good to see you guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, absolutely. So I wanted to get into it right away. Matt calls me a cynic. Um, so I feel like we should do this segment Smiley versus cynic well first of all <laughs> smiley how did you get the name smiley yeah no it's a nickname i've had over 25 years it's from freshman year of high school uh i went to a very big public high school uh in boston massachusetts and uh, played a sport i i went out for well you can't see me we're on a podcast but i'm not a big dude <laughs> football not happening soccer our team was really good so i wasn't good enough to make that so i, I went out for cross country i thought it was skiing 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) But it's actually just running, you know, like three miles or 10 miles or 15 miles on the weekends. So I was smiling during a hill workout, you know, kind of running up and down the hill smiling. And my coach is kind of was a hard nosed Boston guy who starts screaming at me like, what the hell are you doing? Smiling, kid. Stop smiling. Stop puking. Stop puking, kid. Stop puking. (laughs) So the team nicknamed me Smiley. And it kind of stuck. I, I I actually became captain uh, my senior year. I was pretty. I was like the slow one of the slowest kids on the team, but I kind of was our our ringleader, our cheerleader. I get us pumped up before every race. So uh, there were a couple kids from my high school that were at my college as well, and and the nickname kind of just transferred over and yada yada yada. It's kind of a it's a little bit more memorable than Adam. So. Uh, uh, my family calls me Adam. My fiance calls me Adam, but most of my friends call me Smiley. I love that you were just like going to try out for the cross country ski team and you showed up and it was running and you just rolled with it. You're like, yeah, it's, it's fine. I'll just do a different sport than I was planning on doing. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think when uh, you're not that good of an athlete, read like, well, no offense. Some people are pretty good at cross country track, but like when you end up at cross country, like, you know, like maybe it wasn't meant to be the whole athlete thing. So you just kind of say, hey, I want exercise and to be around a, a bunch of guys that are doing something after school and not get into trouble. So that you, you kind of default on that. Matt, what did your what did the, the the football coach tell you in high school? Vomited in your helmet? What did he say? Oh yeah, yeah. I had a very I had a very similar experience. I had two teeth removed uh, that day, and I stupidly went to practice, and of course, I just started throwing up like immediately. It was like summer two a days, and I took my helmet off, and the guy grabbed my helmet and he jammed it in my chest. He goes, "You never take your helmet off ever. You throw up inside that helmet." And I was like, "This isn't for me. This is not for me." <laughs> Oh, and we well, wonder why man. we all grew up to be so well-adjusted men and everything's going great in the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, Smiley versus – this is Smiley versus Cynic. So me and Matt, one of our good, me, one of our good friends just got fired, okay? Bunch of years, big company, fired. So the Cynic, when you talk about – you, Smiley, talk about the, the culture of belonging, okay? My Cynic might say, well – that's just trying to get us to be more productive at the workplace, like put in more hours, not complain, get the stock price up, and you're just going to fire us anyway. So, like, what's the point? Life has no meaning. Defend yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I've never been asked to do that on a podcast before. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, whenever you're dealing with work, there is an element of, hey, like – this is at will employment. Like you can get fired. You can lose your job. Like that's why when people say like, Oh, we're a family. <laughs> I think that's can be really problematic. I, I understand what they're going for there. It's like, we're, we care about each other. What, what you really are trying to say there is we care about each other. Like we try to have fun. We treat each other like a family, you know, we treat each other like friends, but families don't really fire each other or maybe they do. <laughs> and that's not really like the sign of a successful family. But I think all of the data points to belonging is good, not just for a company, but it's really good for yourself. Like it makes you a better employee. It makes you a better person. It makes you a better partner, husband, wife, friend. When you find belonging at work, we spend a third of our lives working, whether we like it or not, or people that you know have to <laughs> uh, take care of themselves and take care of their families do. And I think that when we spend that time more connected to our colleagues, to our coworkers, to ourselves, we're going to show up more for them. We're going to show up more for our team, show up more for our company, and perhaps more importantly, show up more um, for the communities, the neighborhoods that we live in. 
Um, so yeah, I, 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 I will definitely defend that. Um, I also will empathize with people that say like, Hey, like I tried really hard and it still didn't work out or, you know, my manager wasn't there for me or this culture wasn't there for me. That's okay too. Like not everyone has that, right? So many employees right now, 70% of Americans actually are dis, uh, disengaged from their jobs. 70%. Um, one fifth of those people are so disengaged, they're actively undermining their coworkers' <laughs> work. So they're, they're, they're literally getting paid by their company to screw things up for that company, which probably means for those of you listening that are leaders and managers, you're like, oh, yeah, that person on my team like doesn't really want to be here. It's like maybe they shouldn't be there. Um, but I really think it should be a concern to everyone because it means that millions of people are waking up every day kind of unhappy, unfulfilled sometimes depressed, um, not showing up fully for themselves or their colleagues. And that's a real problem. So one of the ways I think we tackle that disengagement crisis, that disconnection crisis, the loneliness epidemic, as I'm sure you all talk about on this show, right? 50%, according to the Surgeon General, 50% of Americans are lonely. They're bringing that loneliness to the workplace. It's not like they're just lonely at home or just lonely scrolling on Instagram or just lonely walking down the street to get a cup of coffee. They're lonely all of the time and including at work. So one of the ways I think we can face that, not the only way, but in important ways is at the workplace when it comes to kind of fostering more belonging and connection at work. By the way, I invented quiet quitting. I was just going to say, ago. <laughs> you way, had a pioneer way, on, the, on the pod. So way ahead of the curve. I just stopped showing up for a while. And then my firm was like, I don't think he wants to be here. And then they offered me a huge severance. And I was like, wait, you're just going to pay me to 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 go away. They're like, yeah, just don't touch anything. Don't press any keys. Don't call anybody. Just, just get out of here. Here's some checks. They got to keep that. going in. Just I, get out of here. Good thing. Good thing. TikTok didn't exist then. That would have gone viral. <laughs> oh yeah. No, no, big time. But, but we, you know, I, I did want to talk about Kiro and I, you know, we have sort of differing views on, you know, how to sort of socialize in the workplace. I probably fell on the extreme end. Like that was the only part I really liked. Like, hanging out after work, you know, like going out, whatever. Kara was is like, get me out of here at 5 p.m. I don't want to spend more time with that. I mean, like, where, where do you fall on that? I mean, you know, because I, I could see, you know, now that we've been doing this pod for a year, I, you know, sometimes we'll now see some of his viewpoints and go, okay, I guess he has a point if that's who you are as a person. Is there something to be said for even if you're the Cairo, you shouldn't, just leave work at five and is there something to be said to me about like maybe you shouldn't be so social with your colleagues yeah i i think it's a it's kind of a yes and there so you know employees who have a best friend at work are seven times more engaged with their job seven times that's a lot right and if you do not have a close friend at work there is actually only a one in 12 chance you'll be engaged with our your job so a lot of times mm. companies will com complain about disengagement and then I'll kind of ask them or kind of say, hey, what are you doing to foster this team engagement? And all they're saying is, oh, well, we do a happy hour, right? Mm. Or once I a hated year, the happy hour. Yeah, once a year, we get, we get everyone together in you know, Vegas or Austin or whatever. Um, and that's not enough. And the thing about happy hour is, first of all, people have families or they have friends that they want to spend time with. Not everyone drinks or wants to drink or kind of wants to socialize with their coworkers around alcohol for a variety of reasons. And it's just not that kind of dynamic of an experience. It's pretty old school. 
if you think about it. It's, it's kind of, hey, let's get a drink after work. Whereas really what we're saying or I'm advocating for is you should be connecting while getting paid for it. <laughs> like you should be connecting at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday, like at Wednesday at 2 p.m. Like that meeting should involve human connection. Mm. That that one on one with your manager should involve human connection, even if you're, you know, working on Zoom or Teams or your remote work or half your team is in Minneapolis and half your team is in L.A., like that should involve connection and you should be getting paid for that during the workday, during the work week. Yeah. If a few people want to go out to get a drink on a Friday, great. But that should not be the only place where that connection happens. And you shouldn't have to do that in order to experience connection in your workplace. There should be other avenues where that's happening. And frankly, the annual retreat is not enough anymore, right? It's just not enough, especially as we've gone to more of a hybrid workforce, right? A lot of people, I'm sure a lot of your friends, you know, maybe go into the office, you know, once, twice, a, once, twice a week, or even once, twice a month for some people, or their whole team is in a different city or state, like that connection has to happen every day, every week, not just kind of once a year. What do you say though, to the people who are like, look, I hear all of that, but I don't feel comfortable crossing that boundary, right? It's like, there's a boundary aspect of it too. Like if I start revealing this stuff, like am I crossing a line that I can't uncross with these people? Yeah, this is a thing that's a little tricky. I think this is kind of change. It's a generational shift. I think that young people expect to bring more of the personal to work. It's just like a fact. If you look at all the data on Gen Z, so Gen Z is folks born after 1997, like they want professional success, but they also want personal success. Like it, it you know, professional success is what we all used to expect from work. And I think, I, I think, uh, or I'm a millennial, an elder millennial, as they call us. I was born in the mm -hmm. early 80s. Uh, you know, we remembered kind of life before uh, social media, life before cell phones, but like I call us, call us like the Oregon Trail generation, right? Like <laughs> we get technology, but it was like pretty old school, like AOL and Sid Messenger, right? Um, and like, it used to be that work was kind of like professional, like you, you, you networked, uh, get, got a raise, more skills, more opportunities, access to mentors, maybe you go to a conference, learn something new, you kind of rise up. Nowadays, I think that it's actually people are expecting the workplace to, uh, to expose a little bit more of the personal, like how to become a better adult, how to navigate an uncertain world how to deal with like all of these things that are happening, whether it's climate, whether it's economic uncertainty, whether it's anxiety, mental health, the AI technology, the world changing so quickly, all of these factors, people want their workplace for better or for worse to help them navigate that. And it used to just be like, oh no, deal with that at home or deal with that in therapy <laughs> or deal with that with your wife or your husband or your best friend. Like I'm your boss, I don't have time for that. I'm not time for that crap. But I think if we want to attract young people, which we do, and if we want to frankly make everyone happy, we have to address that. So I think the personal is becoming part of work, whether people like it or not. And what I always say to people is if someone's going around like sharing about your weekend or your thoughts on a specific thing happening in the world or, you know, how you're doing or how are you feeling or what's up in your daughter's life and you don't want to deal with that at work. You don't want to talk about that. That's okay. You can say pass. <laughs> I'm good. No, thank you. Or not today. Hey, actually, something is going on in my family, but I don't want to tell you, <laughs> Bob in accounting, 
or or Sue or Susan in HR or Toby in HR. Like I'm good. I'm good right now. Like I I don't want to talk about that. You can say pass, but what you don't get to do is keep other people from sharing. Right? So you can say pass, but you have to understand that five other people in that meeting might be like, hey, this is important for me to share, or I actually do want to say something. Uh, about what's going on in my family or my life or my community or whatever. So I think that workplaces have to be, and that, that requires flexibility. It requires being a little bit like, ooh, the same thing doesn't work for the, everyone. And that's that's true. And it can be contentious. Like there are going to be things that people disagree on and that's okay as long as we create a kind of container and understanding like we don't have to disagree. We do have to work together but we do have to create an environment where people feel seen and heard and can express themselves um, and have that sense of belonging, that sense of being able to be their authentic self at work. Because all of the data shows that if you don't have that, people feel like they can't be themselves. They don't bring them full self to work. They don't do their best work, which really makes the company suffer. So I love what you said, that it's really just about the work bestie. You have a work bestie, you crush it. If you don't have a work bestie, you don't. So how do how do people get a work bestie? I mean, it seems like, Great, but how do we do it? Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think um, more intentional opportunities for connection. So a lot of people now, like, you know, if you have employee onboarding, right? So it used to be that like onboarding was like, here's like 400 pages of shit you need to read, <laughs> right? Or here, here's 400 pages of all the materials, all the training, read this PDF, you know, Log in with your email. Here's how to do everything. Sign up for it. Sign 15 papers. Sign your life away. Blah, blah, blah. Here's why we're going to sue you if something happens. All this stuff. <laughs> you know, now it is not nowadays. I think what onboarding is, or frankly, any training is, did you have an opportunity to make a new friend? So it's this idea of like, you're going through, it's your first week at a big company, you're starting a new job, and maybe in your early 20s, you're 25 or something, your first job out of school, your first job out of grad school, whatever it is, and you get to turn to the person next to you and say like, hey, like, do you understand what's going on? Me neither. Like, let's be friends. Or I don't agree with what this person has to say at all. Like, I think they're completely <laughs> making, like, they're, they don't make any sense. Me neither. Let's be friends. So it's making these kind of opportunities that are part of like the employee experience, employee life cycle, life cycle whether it's um, onboarding, training, a one-on-one, -on -one, uh, a team meeting, to be opportunities for deeper connection. And I think if you're struggling there to kind of meet that work bestie, like understand it can take time, right? I think all of us that have like that work best friend, like it didn't happen. Sometimes we're like, oh, we met on our first day of work or we, you know, we got paired together. Uh, that can happen. Or we used to sit right next, our desks were right next to each other. That's more rare these days. And just to understand that it can take time and you kind of have to build it up slowly. And, and this idea that, you know, friendship, and I think you all kind of know this in your work, and I'm, I'm sure you've had people on the show talk about this, but it takes time. Like the research shows, uh, there's great research that shows, I think it takes 90 hours to be uh, become friends with someone and 200 hours for them together in person for them to become like a close friend, like a best friend, right? That's a ton of time, right? And that's that's not following them or, 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 or retweeting or liking their photo or following them on TikTok or sending them a DM. That's like actual time spent as with another human being together. So just kind of take it slow and kind of say like, oh, is there one person I can, that I'm interested in or that seems cool that I can 
uh, go have coffee with or have lunch with or ask a few questions to get to know a little bit better, start kind of slow and keep it going. That I think that can really help. Matt, I think that's the first time Smiley said what you guys do in your work. I like that. No one's ever said that about us, like in your, <laughs> in your work, because we're very we're, we're trying to be more we're trying to be more professional here. We are. We are. Level okay, up. so, so Smiley, where in our work now? Um, where do you come down? Like the most important, you know, workplace conversation of the day, which is remote work versus forcing people back into the office against kicking and screaming against their will? Yeah, great question. My, my thinking on this is just not a universal answer. It's always going to depend on what people are doing, the nature of their work, the nature of how their team works. There's going to be some jobs, frankly, the majority of jobs that have to be done on site, right? Like that's just the nature of manufacturing. It's the nature of a lot of business retail where it's like, you got to be here. That's the job. Like, you know, like, you know, my first couple jobs, you know, when I was younger were scooping ice cream, like you're not doing that remotely. Like, I'm sorry, like this is the job you want it. You get paid. If not, go find another job. But I think, I think the key thing here is what people call hybrid work. The hybrid is the future. There isn't going to be a all in, in the office or all virtual anymore. It's a combination of both. And frankly, I think it's an unforced error to say that everyone has to be back five days a week you know, 25 days a month, because you're just going to lose good people. There's no reason to say that when you could say it's two days or three days or something in the middle. Hybrid is not where we work. It's how we connect. It's are we connecting when we're in person? And are we connecting remotely? Because what happens is people are dragged into the office to your point. Oh, you got to come in. You got to come in on a Thursday. Thursdays are in person day. Then they get there. They've commuted for 45 minutes. They sat in traffic or they got on the subway. They had to get dressed. God forbid they had to take off their sweatpants and put on clothes. <laughs> then they get there to work. They get to their desk. Their boss isn't even there. Their colleagues are all there on Zoom or Teams anyway, wearing, uh, you know, noise canceling headphones or AirPods. And they're like, why the hell did I just sit in traffic for 45 minutes? Which is a good question. Why the hell did I not have to be, why, why wasn't I able to have breakfast with my partner? Why didn't I get to spend an extra 20 minutes with my kids, right? So they're upset. So hybrid is not where we work, it's how we connect. So again, I believe the future is in the middle. It's going to be a combination of both. It's going to depend on somebody's role. There are roles that frankly, you do not need to be in the office together every day. Like if you are coding, like, you just don't need to see everyone. It's probably helpful to be able to work with the people that you're collaborating with, right? Or I'm, I write books. I like writing alone, but sometimes it's good to meet with the designer, to meet with other people, right? To do that collaborative work. But it's really going to depend on the nature of, of the work. But it's all about connecting when we're in person and connecting when we're apart. Before we let you go, I wanted to ask, you know, I bring everything back to dating do you talk about workplace romance? Like, what's the state of workplace romance? Should I get a job? I've, I've been out of the workplace in 20 years. I, feel like <laughs> I don't think you can just go back, back in because that was, I don't, I don't, that, you know, think, was fertile I don't ground. think you can. No, I'm not allowed. <laughs> I'm not allowed back in, but I'll speak in. Neither am I. We're, we're banned from, from office yeah. jobs. We're, we're banned. Wait, so what's your question? <laughs> I was just saying, like, you want to send me up with any friend. No, uh, I was saying, yeah. Do people do people meet people at work? Yes, I think they do. <laughs> well, how do you how do you know how are you thinking about it? Because that's part of belonging, that's part of connection. Yeah. Like, is that something you talk about? 
it's not something that I focus on. Um, I, I, you know, like look at every workplace show there, uh, like every workplace TV show, like there's a fair amount of, uh, of workplace romance and that sparks are cultivated. I mean, any place where you're spending a lot of time with someone is a, a good fertile environment to, to have a connection, whether it's platonic or whether it's romantic. Um, you know, so I do think that I think we're missing something in our culture by not by not being in person as much. I think the data shows that. So the, what's interesting is a lot of people say that they prefer remote work, right? When they're asked, which makes sense. Again, tr commuting sucks. Putting on clothes sucks. You want to spend more time at home. You like that flexibility. But then they're also expressing the same thing of being more lonely um, more mental health challenges, more stress, more anxiety, more depression. And I think part of that is that we as a culture and, and, and you and you talk about this as well, like the friendship recession, like friendships at its lowest rate in 30 years. Part of that has to be tied to not seeing each other on a, on a regular basis. And I think that spills over into data, you know, uh, romantic relationships too. like people nowadays seemingly like can only meet people on an app. Like, that's fine. Like a lot of great relationships can get started on apps and apps can be a great way to meet people. But, you know, I think that we're losing something when we don't get to see people on a regular basis in person. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I also think part of our big, you know, that we talk about is like friend of friend, like bringing your work friends into your life and meeting their friends or that having them set you up. That's like, that used to be very par for the course. And I just feel like that's completely been obliterated. And I agree, like, we're probably not better for it. But I do think there's, you know, the hybrid is, is here to stay. So we got to, like, embrace yeah. that reality. I feel like Smiley went from, hey, you don't really need to be in the office to, like, well, if you want to get laid, you kind of do. I mean, that's <laughs> what I got there. No, no. Yeah, Kara, well, you, need just, you need a desktop, Kara. You said that, Kara. I did not say that. <laughs> we'll say this to your point, Matt. The data shows, actually, there's a lot of research that shows how people get ahead in their careers, how they get a new job, how they get promoted is from weak ties, right? So that's like, again, friend of friends or friend of friend of friend. And if you're never at work, if you're never around people, yeah, it's probably hard to get introduced to like, I'm going to set you up with this person. It's also probably hard to like, I'm going to think of you when someone says, hey, do you know a, you know, incredible copywriter, incredible marketer, incredible designer, incredible engineer, because you haven't been around people, so you're not top of mind. They don't know you. You're not in anyone's life. We, we live in L.A., and the reason you live in L.A. is to be in front of people. That can affect your career. And I, I was a lawyer, and I still hear a lot of people talk about the remote now in that if you're a young lawyer, it is very hierarchical. And if you think you're going to become partner being remote, I just don't see it because you need somebody looking out for you. Like what you're talking about is going, that's my guy. And it's like, yeah. how are you going to do that if you're guys? Somebody you never see, or a girl, you know, a woman. It's it's tough. You got there, yeah. Matt. You eventually got there. I got there. <laughs> I got there. Um, but listen, I, I I just want to say we we appreciate everything that you're doing, and you know we've discovered all of these great friendship experts, coaches, you know, people who have been doing the work a lot longer than us, and we're still learning. And so your name came up like a dozen times of somebody that we had to meet and somebody that we had to talk to. And so uh, it's very gratifying that we're getting to do this and, you know, kind of become part of this space to help this uh, cause that you've been on for a long time. So thank you for being uh, one of the leaders in this movement. 
Well, I appreciate that, Matt. I also the same to you all. I, I think what you're doing is really important. I all think I also think it's really important as two men that you're kind of bringing this into the space. Like, you know, a lot of the, the data shows, you know, male friendship just deteriorating. Um, and I think it's a really important topic. And hopefully I'll get to kind of I'd love to kind of interview you guys at some point just on your friendship and, and your thoughts on male friendship. And um it, it, it's it's different. Very few people in the space, kind of when you look at friendship experts, um, are men. And, and there's very few books kind of about male friendship or, or written up about friendship that are written by men. And I think that's pretty telling. I think that's starting to change, but I think it's it's important for people to have those kind of role models, those examples of what does it look like to have like a deep, vulnerable, emotional male friendship that can be related to work, related to romance, related to all these different things where people can talk about everything um in, in this kind of new world that we live in so thanks for all thanks you all for the work that you're doing as well thank you smiley this was awesome don't uh, don't don't abandon us i won't <laughs> that was great love smiley first of all do you do you ever have any nicknames not really no one crazy matt crazy matt yeah it's not not much <laughs> not, of a nickname or no. just an adjective yeah, yeah, yeah. to describe you yeah uh no not really i don't know you know was there anybody in our group that had like a nacho or a taco or a remember there was a guy named eggy that oh, was a yeah. good nickname yeah eggy but it was related to his last name so it yeah. wasn't like just like oh this guy loves eggs yeah what a <laughs> <laughs> is that <laughs> i don't know why that, yeah. that wouldn't make sense either yeah i love eggs um one thing i i want to ask you about because he's talking about the, the trends in Gen Z. Yeah. And, you know, Theo's a Gen Z. I feel like we're obsessed with Gen Z. Like, what is Gen Z doing? I'm not. I could care less. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't there, like, is it just because social media that we're, do we ever talk about? Yeah, no, they, they dominate the online conversation. I think that's right. right. But I guess millennials were a big thing when millennials first came out. Yeah. But when, before, they, when, they, when the millennials first dropped, they were big. It was. Before are, that, when Gen X dropped, that was huge. Yeah, I guess you're boomers, right. Boomers, when boomers came out, boomers were huge, Fuck, man. You're right, you're right. Boomers were huge. Just like, I don't- Boomers were, and then before that, they were the greatest generation. Those guys were Okay, are you huge. mocking me now? No, I'm just oh, okay. laughing about the whole yeah. thing. You know what the next generation is called? Generation X. You know what it's called? Y. Generation Alpha. That's right, Gen Alpha. They are so not alpha. That's is it ironic because they're not alpha no, males? No, because it went X. Because uh, Gen Z now starting again. Oh, alpha, we're going back. Which over. means after that, your son beta beta, uh, beta cucks. Why can't he be alpha? He just got born. I, no, I think he's too. Can we too wedge young. him in? I, well, he could be like us, like in between. Yeah, or he could be C Cobra. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be an alpha beta um, in our workplace that we're going to build our bar. Yeah, you think it's going to be remote hybrid? I think hybrid is the way. Yeah. And Smiley convinced me of this. Okay. Because I've always felt that working from home is not a good way to just live fully. You mm -hmm. know, I've been doing it now post-COVID. I was working in a shared workspace. Yeah. Um, but I also think people have realized they don't need to be in the office every day. So I think hybrid is the best of both worlds. I think it should be a 3-2 or a 2-3. Which one do you think? I was thinking about this because I like symmetry because yeah. I have OCD. So it's definitely not Monday and definitely not Friday. Those are out. So three, two at most. Three, two at most. But Tuesday, when, Tuesday Wednesday, Thursday has got some symmetry. Yes. But I feel like you only really need two. I think you need three. You need three. So you're actually a little bit pro, pro office. Yeah, I'm pro office because I think you really lock in Tuesday to Thursday and you crush it. And then do nothing, nothing on Friday. Yeah. Monday, you know, Mondays are field field calls, you know, ease into the weekday. Right. And then Friday, you're just out of office. <laughs> I mean, you're just, oh, 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 you're on the beach, man. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. 
but if you're if you're hybrid, you have to still live in the place. So you can't like live in Texas and work in New York. Right. Depends on the company, I suppose. Right. right. So he was he was he was right about that. Right. Certain, certain jobs you need to be in the office for and others right. you don't. But I don't think that should bear on whether you should set up your workplace that way. Yeah. Even if you don't have to be in the office, I still think there's a lot to be said for fostering an environment for relationships in that city. Obviously, the people who don't live there can't partake in the right. same way, but they could still do it on Zoom. But what he was saying was very valid. I mean, he said people who have friends at work tend to be much more satisfied at work and tend to be loyal, whatever you want to say. They yeah, stay yeah. longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do want to ask our audience, what is the appropriate work schedule hybrid-wise? Is it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in office or just Tuesday, Wednesday, as Kiro said, or is it Monday through Thursday? Or is office? it pick pick a day? One day? No, pick pick days you want. Oh, okay. Monday. But is there something to be said for everybody should be in at the same time? Because yeah. then it's like, then you really, you know, have what, two people in one day, one person in the other you day. You save rent and office money. Right. Alternate, alternate days. Yeah, yeah. You water the lawn on Monday, Thursday, Friday. Right. The fact is, you don't even need half the people. Fire half the company. Well, that's right. the other part. Most people are not useful. So <laughs> right, right. I keep mean, the useful people. Let them do whatever they want. Yes. And everybody else can work from home permanently. So we didn't talk about Because they're not working for your company. <laughs> <laughs> they're working from home forever. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about the companies as a trend of giving unlimited days off? So that has, is a scam. It's a scam. Because you don't take as many days off. Right. Big scam. So do you think for our company- They also, it's a, it's a workaround on some labor laws. Uh, why is that? I forget. Because it's like you got a maternity. You don't have to offer a mater- the same maternity. Yeah, yeah. I forget exactly what it is because I'm not a, a member of the workforce anymore. <laughs> right. I'm not a productive member of society anymore. Um, Smiley was also talking about how like happy hours and like uh, that, that, that once a year kind of. Isn't enough. Isn't enough. What, what's the word for when you get together with your company? Like. Um, oh, the retreat. Retreat. Okay. What, are, what would be the, our retreat for our company? Oh, okay. Um. God, we're going to get arrested Yeah, it can't be Vegas. Well, we got to use his timeshare in Aruba for something. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Theo. Yeah, timeshare oh, in Aruba. So I mean, Aruba will be fun. Let's do it. Uh, Hero's timeshare is finally worthwhile. I was once uh, on vacation. God, I have to look out where we were. I think it was Mexico. And some some company was having their retreat there. They got Flowrider. They were building Ooh. a stage in the beach it was pretty cool i would like to do super bowl weekend or a kentucky derby type of course thing. And that's gonna blow all the money of this company um you, you're like itself. adam newman oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> i got i got 50 super bowl tickets i have adam newman energy you do I mean, you <laughs> Israeli. oh gosh our ebitda uh, excluding super bowl oh, ex- <laughs> yeah oh i didn't realize that that was an expense the company expense yeah. the Super Bowl. Super Bowl additive yeah. um, income. Yeah, Super Bowl, Kentucky Derby. Something memorable. You know what I mean? Like, because I feel that a lot of these retreats are not memorable. But, you, but to your point, like, if it's going to be something where I'm going to be blasted, wasted, it's not going to be great for the company. No. The Derby, Cairo in the infield. Ooh. With a fucking mint julep and a big hat. Oh, no, yeah. He's going to be hiding <laughs> under the hat. Like, how's he doing? He's, just, he's watching. Don't worry. He's watching the get You're fully passed out under yeah, there. Yeah, that, that might be tough. Well, right now there's only three. Any of us. other any other ideas, Thea, that you want to want us to do the retreat at? Well, Aruba's good again because international waters. You can get wasted. You know, there's no <laughs> legal ramifications. Did you meet Tom Brady at a crypto conference? That wasn't you. <laughs> I was in the Bahamas and it was a crypto conference. The Clinton was there. Jeter wasn't part of the conference because oh. he would never do that. But Jeter was there for something else. Brady, Giselle. You hung out with them? 
No, I just yeah. saw, saw, saw that. I saw a picture and it said, Oh, today. you saw yeah. that. Yeah. Wait, you were in the Bahamas for the legendary. Yeah, um, Sam Bankman Freed. Yeah. Yeah, where he yeah. blew himself up. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So not there. Not there. Yeah. We don't usually do uh, errors on an interview podcast, but I've been alerted through my earpiece that we need to do Erroneous with Thelonious. So first off, get the record straight. Again, stated multiple times, I'm not Gen Z. I'm millennial. Yes, you are. We covered this. When's your, what year? I'm 95. 96 is the cutoff. Okay. So I snuck in the back door. Okay. Yeah. On a similar topic, your son is actually Gen Alpha. Gen Boom. Al- <laughs> That's my boy. Gen Alpha goes to 2025. Oh, wow. So they haven't been born yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I you can wait. still sneak a boy into Alpha, but I doubt it. Your what? boy's going to be beta. Fuck you. He was talking shit about my boy. His boy's going to be beta. Wait, when is it? When does it go? 2025 to what? Like, what's the year? Oh, yeah. Oldest. So it's. I've saw multiple sources, 2010 to 2025, or maybe 2013 okay. to 2025, okay. but that range. So okay. 2010, so 13-year-olds are Gen Alpha all the mm-hmm. way to your son. Wow, that's yeah. a big generation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then lastly- Jesus Christ. I just got a comment on this Tito shirt. You know, you're talking a lot about bars today. You're rocking the Tito shirt. We got a sex, drugs, rock and roll on the other side. Oh. Was there a memo I didn't get? Party just, boy day, huh? Well, first of all, if you go to YouTube, you can see my shirt. This was a gift from our buddy Jeff. Uh, he got me like a D- Tito's gift, like mm. gift set for my 40th birthday. And, and this is of course a Hampton shirt, sex drugs and lobster old Montauk. I get a lot of compliments on it. And now it's pilled though. I've been wearing it for two years straight. He, he, he walks his shirt it's into the pilled? ground. Pilled? Pilled. Oh man. Oh, Gen Z doesn't know about pilled. Erroneous. Thelonious. Uh, yeah, we have to. Th- yeah, when you when when you when you wear a shirt too much, you wash it too much, it gets these little dots all over it. You gotta throw it away. And that's called getting pilled. Yeah, yeah. It's not called. It's not like a slang. It's it's like what like it's pilled. Pilled. It's pilled. It's pilled. Like, yeah. It's, is that boomer slang or? What? Oh man, it probably is actually. Oh, fuck you. That gen, probably is. Gen, gen Z yeah. swine. Generation beta. Beta. <laughs> yeah, you make your own. We make you your own generation. <laughs> um. Any other thoughts? Smiley's great. Um, check out his website, which is smileypozwalski.com. We got to spell that smiley S M I L E Y P O S W O L S K Y.com. Let me just Google smiley millennial workplace yeah. expert. You get the gist. Yeah. Um, and maybe we should go back to the workforce. I mean, you're, you're making me feel I, I, we're, we're in LA where the office would be. That's the question. I like yeah, a little Larchmont here. Oh, Larchmont Boulevard, right on the right for there. For a clubhouse, though, it needs to be near bars. No, a block above. Oh, for bars? Well, there's the there is a now the Italian place has a full liquor license. The Italian place, I think it's got to be like oh, like near bar bars, like in Hollywood or something. I know. Mm, downtown Arts District? Absolutely not. Okay, pass Hollywood, West Hollywood. Sure. Okay, right, right by his house. <laughs> Why don't we just do it in your in your, in your apartment building? All right, that's our show. Guys, be good to yourself. Be good to your friends. Love Love you, buddy. buddy.